be prepared to have all these documents in order so that way you can file your tax returns smoothly. Make sure you're keeping your books on a monthly basis. Every single month you're going in, how much did I spend on this property? How much did I make? If you just wait till the end of the year to go through your numbers and see where you're at, how do you really know that you made money on that property or not? I see this mistake a lot of people make. Guess what? You got penalties, you got interest, you could lose a business license. Welcome back everyone to the Learn Like a CPA show. I'm your host, Ryan Bakey. And today we're going to be talking about getting ready for tax time. How do you get ready for tax time? Like, what's the process look like? All these documents I got to send in. Here we go again. It's the end of the year. I got to do all this again. Well, let me help you make it a little bit easier, okay? So I'll first start off by saying you shouldn't have to get ready. Point blank enough. You should be knowing before the year's even over, the previous year's even over, what you expect to owe or get back when you go to file your tax return, that's through tax planning. So if you're not sure about that, make sure you go back to one of the previous episodes that I talked about tax planning versus tax preparation because you shouldn't really have to get ready. Like there should be no getting ready. You should already be ready. I see this mistake a lot of people make where it's where they they push off taxes because it's it's taboo and it's it's hard to talk about, blah, 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 blah. And then they file it. You file late, guess what? You got penalties, you got interest, you could lose a business license. Um, I've seen people not qualify for a house because they haven't filed their tax returns. Like you, and I, this, is not, this is not a scare tactic or fear-based, whatever, anything, but you could, you could lose a lot of stuff if you don't file your tax return. So how exactly do you get ready for tax time? Don't get ready, get ready so you don't have to get ready is what I say. Like be prepared to have all these documents in order so that way you can file your tax returns smoothly, right? So one of the things before the year is even over is make sure you're keeping your books on a monthly basis. Every single month you're going in, how much did I spend on this property? How much did I make? Totaling everything up. So that way you actually know where you stand business and rental profit wise, right? If you just wait till the end of the year to go through your numbers and see where you're at, how do you really know that you made money on that property or not? If you're not keeping score, right? Right. The, the, that's why we keep score at football games, right? How do you know who wins? You keep score. What gets measured can be approved upon, right? What you what you keep track of, you can improve on. And if you're not keeping track of all that profitability information, not only is it going to make tax time really hard, but how can you make decisions about your business or your rental properties if you don't know your numbers? So let's let's start this off. So kind of going through this document here and Luckily enough for you, you will get access to this uh, PDF or whatever I decide to do with it, Word document. So that way you can mark off on your list everything that you might need to help prepare your tax return. Now, I will say that this is not going to be all-inclusive depending on your situation. You might have some other documents in here, but this is going to help get you 95% of the way to filing your tax return. Here's all the documents that you're going to need. So first, starting off with the general documents going through this, you're going to need your prior year individual tax returns and business returns. So if you were filing taxes in 2023, you're going to need your 2022 tax returns. Uh, and, and the reason why is because there's so much information that's on your previous tax return that we need to know, especially if you're switching accountants or switching CPAs, because I might we might talk to clients throughout the year and we might have a good understanding of their situation. But what we really understand is their previous year's tax return. That's where I'm normally able to say, oh, do you have a taxable brokerage account or not? Or did you contribute to a 529 last year, but you didn't this year? We got to make sure you, you contribute to that. Or that's a good way to know if, if somebody sold rental properties. So having that prior year individual tax return and your prior year business tax returns 
is going to be one of the most important documents that you can supply to your accountant. Again, especially if you're, you're switching over to a new CPA. We won't even do tax returns for people unless they have their previous years already done. Uh, IDs, like a driver's license. So in most, in most states, when you, file your, when you file a tax return with the tax preparer, the IRS is very serious about identity theft or identity fraud, whatever you want to call it. So a lot of times we have to verify your ID or look at your ID to make sure that you are you. We have to put that in our software. You might have some healthcare documents. So if you are employed by a company, you're probably going to get what's called the 1095C, 1095-C or 1095-B. That's going to be uh, issued by, that. you're going to get that in the mail. It's going to have you, your family, social security numbers, what type of uh, health insurance you have on that form. Now, the key with this is understanding that uh, after Obama, well, uh, pre-Obama, you used to have a penalty if you didn't have health care on a federal level. Uh, they, they since took that away now, but there are certain states where if you do not have the health care, you actually pay more in taxes, like in California, I believe, Pennsylvania, maybe New Jersey also too. I can't remember off the top of my head. But having those health care documents, you're going to need them anyway. Next up is your W-2s. So when you get a W-2 from an employer, typically these are going to be due by January 31st. It's going to have how much you made, how much you paid in federal tax, how much you paid uh, to how much you contribute to 401k, et cetera. So that W-2 is going to have a lot of your information on there. The one thing that you really want to check for these W-2s is your withholding. So if you owe money come tax time, it's probably because you didn't withhold enough on your W-2. And let me give you an example where I see this all the time. So especially, so I either see this in married and married couples where maybe they're both, both spouses are working a W-2. If you do not let the other company know that your spouse is also working a W-2, well, that company is going to have your tax rate super low because they think that that's your only income for the household. So if you're a multi-income household, your companies have to know about each other and you have to reflect that on your uh, pay statement. You have to notify them that you have a, an additional income, additional household income. So that way they withhold the right amount of taxes for you. Or I just had this come up where a lot of doctors or nurses, sometimes they'll work multiple W-2s. They might have two or three W-2s. Maybe you're a doctor by day and then you teach at night or whatever it is. But if you do not let the companies know about each other, and and I don't say know about each other in the fact that you um, you don't want you don't want a company to know that you're employed somewhere else. Maybe it is, but if you don't mark on that form that you get when you sign up for a company that you have another income source, they're gonna they're they're not gonna withhold enough money on your earnings, and so that's why you're gonna most likely most most high income earners, whether they're tech uh, doctors. Lawyers, high-income earners, typically they underwithhold on their their taxes, and so that's why they end up owing money. Kind of going through the 1099s, uh, the the vast majority of 1099s. I'm kind of going to go through this here, but these are all forms that if you get one of these 1099s, it's got to show up somewhere on your tax return. So real quick, guys, if you could think about how you found this podcast, maybe it was on Facebook, Instagram, maybe somebody shared it with you. I don't run ads for the show or have sponsorships. So the only way this grows is through word of mouth. If this was valuable for you in any way, the only ask that I can make is that you share it with somebody else. Pass it on to the next person whose investing journey or business can be changed by listening to the show. Much love, guys, and let's get into the episode. If you get one of these 1099s, it's got to show up somewhere on your tax return. So kind of just starting from the top, a 1099 div, that's going to be if you have a brokerage account and you get, let's say you get dividends. Same thing with interest. If you have, if you get interest from a bank, typically it's $10 or more per year, you're going to get a 1099 interest that has to be followed with your return. 
1099 miscellaneous, you don't really see these too much anymore because they have been, now they're called 1099 NECs if they're contractors. But if you, if you are self-employed or if you get a 1099 from somebody, you're going to get a 1099 NEC for a non-employee compensation. We're going to have 1099s for social security. Uh, again, 1099s for healthcare documents. Uh, you're going to get a 1099 G. What is the G? Is that, no, that's not gambling. Uh, 1099K, let's talk about that a little bit. So 1099K is that form that you're going to get from Airbnb, PayPal. You're going to get that from uh, any sort of credit card or payment processor. Because if somebody pays me through uh, PayPal, let's say, I should be getting that form and that's going to have how much money that I collected from PayPal. So if, if PayPal sends me a form that says I made 100K in PayPal and that 100K doesn't show up somewhere on my tax return, it's going to be an immediate uh, notice. You're going to get an automatic letter from the IRS saying, hey, we saw that you made money, pay tax on the money. Now, even though I might make 100K, but what if I had 30K of expenses I, and I only made 70K? You still have to show that 100K of revenue on your tax return somewhere. 1099R, this is going to be if you withdraw money out of your retirement account. If you convert money over from traditional to Roth, you're going to get a 1099R. Now, what's important to know about this is the form codes. Anytime you're doing something with a retirement account, whether you're withdrawing, you're converting money over, you want to make sure that you notify the company that you're withdrawing the money from why you're withdrawing it. Because when you withdraw that money, there's a certain box where they put codes or letters or numbers on there where it notifies the IRS why you took out the money. Let's say, for example, there's there's an exclusion where you're able to take what's called a hardship withdrawal from your 401k, where you don't have to pay a penalty on withdrawing as long as you use the money for buying a primary residence, a hardship withdrawal. But if you do not let, notify and let them know that it's a hardship withdrawal, they're just going to mark the form as a normal withdrawal, and then you're going to be subject to the penalty, and then you got to get the form corrected, and it's a huge nightmare. So before you go to pull money out of a, a retirement account or 401k, make sure that they understand why you're pulling the money out so they can mark the form with the correct code. 1099 S, that's going to be if you, uh, if you sold a property. Uh, typically, if you sell a primary residence, they don't really give you this because most primary residence sales are going to be uh, excluded from tax purposes, but 1099S if you sold a rental property or something like that, again, that that sh that number, you know, $200,000, $300,000 should show up on your tax return somewhere. K1s, if you get a K1, like let's say you're a partner in a partnership or you're in a syndication, you should be getting K1s from them. Uh, typically, you're going to get those by March 15th. Hopefully, that's when, the, that's when the partnership deadline is due. So you normally get those K-1s about March 15th, so that way you can file them with your personal tax return on April 15th. Kind of moving over, and this is going to be itemized deductions. So not everybody qualifies to take these deductions. You really have to, what it comes down to is you really have to pay a lot of money in mortgage interest in order to actually do what's called itemized deductions. But this is gonna be a list of the itemized deductions. So 1098 mortgage interest for your personal residence, a property tax bill for your personal residence, charitable contributions, auto registration fees, medical expenses, casualty and theft losses. Um, those, are, those, are going to be, those are going to be itemized deductions on your Schedule A. And adjustments. Adjustments are deductions against your gross income. So you might have student loan interest. If you have uh, tuition, you might have a deduction for tuition. If you paid alimony on a divorce that was finalized 2018 or earlier, educator expenses, health savings accounts, IRAs, uh, moving expenses are deductible if you're active duty military only. You're not you're not able to deduct costs to move 
if you if you're not in the military. Crypto, you know, you might have crypto, so you should be getting a statement. Uh, typically, it's called a 1099B for cryptocurrency. Now, this is where it gets interesting. So, this is going to be for the business owners, real estate investors, uh, entrepreneurs, etc. This is what this is how your income is going to show up. So, if you're a sole proprietor, so let's say I go out and I decide I'm going to walk dogs. Okay, that's that's going to be my business or a lemonade stand or whatever basic business. I go and I'm going to have what's called a Schedule C. So if I'm a self-employed, what I really need to have is I need to have my profit and loss statement that shows how much revenue I made, how much expenses I had, and what, what is my overall net profit, right? I'm going to have those 1099s from that Schedule C. So when people pay me as a contractor, I should be getting 1099 for that, for that payment. I might have an EIN letter, or I might have an EIN for that Schedule C business. So you can go on the IRS website, look up uh, sole proprietor EIN. File that so that way you don't have to give your social security number to all these people. You can give them your government identification number and a mileage log. If you're self-employed and you're driving a car for business, you know, make sure that you're claiming the vehicle deduction. Make sure you have a mileage log. Now this, when you have an LLC. Hey guys, just wanted to interrupt the podcast today to let you know about my Facebook group, Tax Strategies for Real Estate Investors. We have over 6,300 real estate investors in the community actively engaging every single day. You're gonna learn all my top tips, you're gonna get to network with other professionals, and you're gonna get to see all the past recordings and all the past posts in that Facebook group. So make sure you join today. It's gonna be linked in the podcast below. And now back to the show. Now this, when you have an LLC, uh, non-rental property related, this is where it kind of gets a little complicated because if you're incorporated and you're filing a separate tax return, like you're filing a partnership return or an S corporation or a single member LLC, here's all, here's all the forms that you, you should have uh, within your business. So you're going to have the articles of organization, which is going to be your LLC documents, whenever you form the LLC. When you form an LLC, you're going to have an EIN number. You're going to have that same profit and loss statement you're probably going to have a balance sheet for your property. Again, you're going to have those 1099s. And then if you are an S corporation, odds are you're running payroll. So you should have, you should have your payroll documents ready uh, when you go to file your tax return. Now, going into short-term rentals and long-term rentals, these are going to be very similar here. But if you own short-term rentals, for example, something that you want to have prepared or ready to go is the appraisal of the property. So when you buy a property, you normally get a loan on it. The bank's going to require an appraisal. You want to have that. You're going to have if you ten, if you did a 1031 exchange to buy a property, you're going to have some 1031 exchange paperwork. Uh, you might pay mortgage interest on that short-term rental. You're going to get a 1098 for the mortgage interest. You're going to get a 1099k from Airbnb and Verbo if you if you meet the requirements. When you close on a property, you're going to have a closing disclosure or a settlement statement. That's going to give us all the details about you know your interest rate. It's going to tell us what your loan costs were, what costs are deductible. Uh, who you bought it from, when did you buy it, et cetera. That's going to be on the closing disclosure or the settlement statement. Uh, you might have done a cost segregation report. So if you did a cost seg report, a uh, cost seg study, you should have that readily available. You might have a property tax bill. So property taxes for rental properties are tax deductible. So make sure you have you know, a property tax bill. Again, profit and loss statement for your rental property should be done for all your rental properties. So that way you can go to file tax returns and assess your profitability on those properties. EIN information, LLC information, if you have an LLC that owns the rentals. And then lastly, what I want to say about um, real estate is if you are one of the people, you know, most of our clients do this, but if you're, if you're somebody that wants to use the losses from your real estate 
to help offset your active or earned income from a W-2 or your business, you're gonna need what's called a material participation time log. So that material participation time log is gonna be a tracker of all the hours that you spend on your rental properties, on your rental properties, by the way. And that's gonna that's gonna let us know if, whether or not you qualify enough to take the losses from your rental properties to offset your W-2 or your business income. If you do not have a copy of this, you can go to my website, learnlikeacpa.com, uh, free tools. is it's going to have a copy of the material participation time log. I'll also link it in the show notes below. But we actually at our firm, we require clients to have time logs before we submit their tax returns. So if you can't submit us a time log proving that you qualify to take the losses against your income, we just won't file your tax return that way. So this is an all-inclusive list. Again, it's going to have pretty much every single document in here is what you're going to need come tax time when you're going to get ready to file. This is everything that you're going to need. I'm going to have this doc, this this document. Uh, you're going to be able to download this. Um, you put your email name and email in. You'll be able to get this document so that way you can prepare for tax time. But like I said, to wrap this up, you shouldn't have to get ready. You should you should already have you should have a lot of this stuff uh, besides your W-2s and 1099s, of course. But you should have a lot of this stuff ready to go so that way you can make tax season a breeze and not a ch- challenge or a struggle to get your documents in. Just every month, just set, a, set aside an hour every single month to go through your documents, organize your finances. Go through your P&Ls. Do I have all my documents ready? Like, don't wait to get ready. Just stay ready so you don't have to get ready. That's going to wrap up today's episode. We talked about all the documents that you need to get ready for tax time. We talked about how tax time actually starts the year before with tax planning. And you'll be able to see in the show notes below the helpful templates and the freebies that I have linked below that are going to help you get ready for tax time. So we're going to have the the link to the document where you can download as well as the material participation hours tracker. As always, if you have any questions, uh, join the Facebook group, Tax Strategies for Real Estate Investors. We have over 8,400 real estate investors in there posting daily, and you'll be able to engage with the community. Thanks again. I'll see you guys in the next episode.